Hi, I'm Christine Roney. Welcome to the Roney Writes Podcast. The tagline for this podcast is, Let me tell you a story. Because that's what these recordings are about. Stories. I love to write them, and I would love to share them with you. This is Episode 8 of One Perfect Line, an Ellie Bay Mystery. We are starting today with Chapter 13. So let me tell you a story. One Perfect Line by Christine Roney Allie put down her coffee cup and looked at Matt. Are you sure? Matt picked up the ball Jake dropped at his feet and threw it. Jake took off. No, but I think it's true. It's gossip, Sam interjected as she sat down opposite Ellie. So it's unreliable. Maybe, but maybe not. My source is good. So you think your source is reliable and therefore this gossip is credible? Sam asked. Something like that. Ellie took a sip of her coffee. Well then, let's go talk to her. Do you know Alice Nils? Ellie was standing on a porch talking through a screen door to a woman she estimated to be in her mid-forties. Blonde, about 5'4", petite. And by the look on her face, not too happy. What is this about? We're looking into her murder. Why come to me? Can we come in? Ellie asked. No. Matt spoke up. We know that you're Alia, and we know that Alice wrote your novels. She opened the screen door and let them in. How did you know who I was? It's hard to keep a pen name anonymous, Sam said. She turned to Matt and smiled. Can we sit down? Ellie asked. Monica Bell led them into the living room where they settled on a long couch. Monica sat across from them in a wing-back chair. She stared at her hands, which were folded in her lap. Ellie, Sam, and Matt waited. After a few minutes, she looked up. Alice wrote one of my books. Just one. It was a few years ago. My deadline was coming up. My publisher was pressuring me. And I was... Her voice trailed off. She looked at Ellie. I had a bad spell. I was getting a divorce and... Her voice trailed off again. Anyway, I hired Alice for that one book. I gave her a detailed outline, so it was my story. And of course the characters were well known. It was book six in the series. So she didn't create the story or the characters. Did she contact you recently? Ellie asked. Monica nodded. She said she was writing a memoir and was going to tell her story, The Hidden Life of a Ghostwriter. How did you feel about that? I wasn't happy, of course. She had signed a contract with a non-disclosure clause. She didn't seem to care about getting herself sued for breach of contract. She looked at Ellie and held her gaze. I didn't kill her, if that's what you're thinking. You had motive, Matt said. Monica stood up. I'm going to show you what I did, or was going to do. She looked at Matt. Maybe I'll still do it. Follow me. They followed her into a room with a desk set in front of floor-to-ceiling windows. A large computer monitor sat on top of the desk. 
On one wall was a large whiteboard with names and plot points written in columns. Monica sat down. Her fingers flew over the keyboard. This is my website. Matt walked over and stood behind her. I looked at that yesterday. Here's a blog post that I wrote but never published. You can check out the date it was written. Monica got up and Matt sat down. Ellie and Sam stood in front of the windows, looking out over a canyon. Beautiful view, Ellie said. I know. That's why I have the desk set up this way. When it rains a lot, a waterfall comes out on the far wall. Matt cleared his throat. You were going to publish this? Monica turned to him. Yes. Ellie walked over. Matt got up and she sat down. After a few moments, she looked up. Sam turned from the window. What is it? I was going to tell my fans about Alice and the difficult time I was going through. I bared my soul. It's dated several days before Alice was killed, Matt said. So you see, I didn't have a motive. When they were leaving, Monica touched Ellie's arm. How did you know? Ellie smiled. She had a wall covered with posters of book covers. Yours was one of them. Ellie was rearranging the new release table when she heard the door open. She looked up to see Matt walking toward her. Are you ready? He asked. Let me lock up. I'll meet you outside. When she slid into the passenger seat of his car, she asked, Isn't Sam coming? No, she has a deadline. They rode in silence for a while. Then Ellie asked, What kind of books does he write? Historical? Cowboy stuff. I haven't read any. But I saw some of the reviews, and he has a lot of fans. How many of his books did Alice write? There were three covers on the wall. They pulled up in front of a gate. A man came out of a small guard hut and walked to the driver's side window. Can I help you? We're here to see Arlo Cox. The man went into the hut and picked up a clipboard. Mr. Cox hasn't listed any visitors. Did you have an appointment? Ellie leaned over Matt and spoke to the guard. I'm sure he'll want to see us. The guard pulled a cell phone out of his shirt pocket. Your name? Ellie Bay. Tell him I'm here to talk about Alice Nails. The guard stepped back into the hut. After a few minutes, he came out. Mrs. Cox said he's out of town, but she'll let him know you were here. You can back up to that turnaround. He walked back into the hut. Matt pulled up in front of the bookstore. Ellie turned to him. Dig up everything you can find on Arlo Cox. At the front door, she fumbled her keys and they fell to the ground. She bent over to pick them up, and as she started to stand, she caught a movement out of the corner of her eye. She turned but saw no one. She went inside and stood in the dark, looking out the window. After a few minutes, she chided herself for being paranoid. But darn, it felt like someone was out there. She went up to the loft and called Michael. Outside, a car started up and drove away with its lights off. Chapter 14 This is unacceptable. Why isn't Ollie out of jail? 
Jennifer Iver sat at her dining room table. Quinn sat opposite her. They're adamant on holding him until the preliminary hearing. Why? They consider him a flight risk. Ollie hates to fly, Jennifer said. Her attention seemed to wander, and Quinn followed her eyes to a cat sitting on the edge of a pool. After a few moments, Jennifer turned to Quinn. He didn't do this. Why would he kill his research assistant? It makes no sense. Quinn wondered if this was an act, or if Jennifer really didn't know the true relationship between Oliver and Alice. Did you ever talk to her? Jennifer shook her head. Did you have any kind of communication with her? No. How long were you and Ollie married? Ten years. And Jamie? Ollie adopted him not long after we got married. I was just a kid when I had him. Are Jamie and Oliver close? They were at one time. Where was Jamie the day Alice got killed? Jennifer's reaction was swift. She stood and looked down at Quinn. Just do your job and get Ollie out of jail. I can't get away right now, Michael. Ellie's voice was soft. She hated to disappoint him. She had wanted to meet him in Santa Fe, but she just couldn't get away. It's okay. Maybe I'll fly to you. Yes! When? He laughed. Let me see what I can arrange. Have you seen Laura since that night? No. I think she got the message that I didn't want to get back together. Good. She kind of scared me. I worried about you. Nothing to worry about. I have to go. I'll call you later. Ellie opened the front door to the bookstore and lugged the sandwich board out onto the sidewalk. She went back inside. Across the street, Laura sat in her car and watched Ellie turn the close sign on the door to open. Then she started the car and headed toward Ellie's house. That is the end of Episode 8. Come back next week for Episode 9. If you're enjoying this story, please help me spread the word. Tell your family and friends about the podcast, and be sure to let them know that they can listen for free. You can also subscribe for free, and by doing that, you'll automatically receive the latest episodes downloaded to your computer, phone, or tablet. Go to my website, ronywrites.com, for more information on how and where to subscribe. Goodbye for now, until the story goes on.